Welcome to Actions Detrimental. I'm Bob Dare, and we're back for episode three, and we're going to go over the triple header weekend at Talladega. As with any NASCAR race weekend at Talladega, there's always plenty to dive into and discuss, and between the three events this weekend, there's plenty to talk about. I'm trying not to get too lap by lap describing of every race. Um, If you listen to me, I'm sure you watched the race, or you have at least seen the highlights, so... Uh, Without further ado, Bubba Wallace, congratulations. He is a NASCAR Cup Series winner. That's pretty awesome, you got to admit. Of course, he would have loved to have won under different circumstances, but you know what? He earned it. He went up there. He took the lead. He held off the Penske Posse, possibly the strongest restrictor plate drivers in the field, other than maybe Denny Hamlin. And let's all admit, if Denny was in second, blocking everybody to keep Bubba from getting past, uh, there'd be a lot more to talk about right now. So it's probably best that Bubba was actually kind of on his own up there because Denny was focused on Bell. So Bubba went up there and earned it on his own, the only Toyota up there. So I've seen a lot of rain-shortened races that the driver either stayed out when everybody pitted and then the rains came and it was over, or they weren't really a factor all day and they just took the lead the second the caution came out for rain and they have a trophy now. But Bubba went up there, he showed up at the right time, he held them off for multiple laps and now he's a winner. So congratulations, man. Not going to lie though, it, it took some getting over for me last night. The playoff race at Talladega is my favorite race of the year. It's There's so much hype and anticipation, and it's the all-wild card. It's always been the wild card. And this, the, the amount of anxiety that goes into watching this race for me every year, it's through the roof. My heart is nonstop. So it was definitely disappointing to see it get washed out till Monday, knowing I had to work. And I missed half the race, but was keeping up on my phone as much as I could. And by the time I got home, I maybe saw 25 green flag laps. Saw both major incidents, and... I don't know, it just it was disappointing to see it end without a green flag finish, but we don't get green flag finishes at Talladega very often anyways, so it's all about being in the lead when the caution happens, whether it be a wreck or rain, so Bubba winning when the rains came is no different than someone else leading on turn one when they wrecked behind him and the race ended like that, so last time I tracked, Matt Kenseth has two Daytona 500 wins, the first one coming when he took the lead and then the rains came, and he was leading for maybe a half a lap when that happened, so... Of course, Bubba and his fans are going to want a more true, real win next year with Kurt as a teammate and the new car. And I honestly think that can and, dare I say, will happen next year. I really think that team's really going to go up to the next level. But, hell, this this is pretty awesome in the meantime. And I want to, as much as I... As much as this show revolves around hating on NASCAR, I want to give them kudos for at least trying to drive the track yesterday. Seeing the Air Titans fire up once everyone's thought it was over, that gave me hope that it wasn't just going to be like, oh, here you go, here's your gift. So they at least tried, but we all saw that it just was a losing fight all day, and especially at that point, it was never going to happen. So kudos to NASCAR for at least giving it an attempt and not just, oh, it's sprinkling, the race is over because Bubba's leading. And while we're giving out kudos, is that a word? Either way, here goes one to McDonald's because get you, get you a sponsor like McDonald's I wish every sponsor was as proud as their driver as McDonald's is. That's pretty awesome to see what they've been doing on social media today. So backing up a little bit to the race itself, um, Hendrick, they're they're an interesting team lately. Um, Las Vegas, they had their crazy strategy that obviously wasn't too crazy at the time, but it just didn't work out. And this week it was Byron bumping Allgaier, taking out Larson, and it was Chase bumping Stenhouse, 
taken out Bowman. Um, obviously, none of those were on purpose, but it's just crazy the way that that worked out. Now Byron and Bowman are back where they were in the last round, needing to fight their way in. And this one's going to be a lot tougher for them to do. They need to win. I don't care what they say about points. Byron was awesomely impressive at Bristol to get in the way he did, but that ain't going to happen this week. He's going to need to win the race. And speaking of Larson, I know he's the top driver on points that isn't locked in, but it's only 22 points. And I know that's still a lot for a guy that's been awesome at road courses all year, but what will NASCAR do if Kyle Larson doesn't advance out of this round? That's my question of the week. Um, so many people think, well, Larson's going to win this championship or deserves to win this championship, and I don't disagree with him, but if he doesn't even get to the round of eight with the amount of wins he has, something's wrong, guys. Something's really wrong. So while we're looking at the points, the bottom four, Kevin Harvick, nine points out. Christopher Bell, even though he had an awesome race, still 28 points out. And then it's Byron, 44 out, and Bowman, 52 out. Kyle Busch with another terrific Talladega showing, always getting caught up in something that's not his doing. Uh, he's only nine points in, tied with Chase Elliott, surprisingly. They're both just above the cut line, but for Chase, he's going to a track that obviously he's won the last two years. For Kyle Busch, he's going to a track that I don't even know if he's ever finished. So it's really going to be a free-for-all this weekend at the Roval. Uh, my buddies and I were talking yesterday about the race and the points, and shout-out to my buddy Chris because where the f*** did Brad Keselowski come from? He scored an early season win on a super speedway, basically limped his way into the playoffs. So many people didn't even have him getting out of the first round for valid reasons. He perfectly fine got through the first round, and now he's in the second round two points behind Kyle Larson. He's a damn ninja out there, man. He's just he's doing what he's got to do to get points and stay well above the cut line. And But, hey, we're going to a road course this weekend, and that means the flag man better get the yellow flag ready because Brad's had a rough year on the road. Um, but him and Logano as well, the teammates. The Penske teammates are quietly showing that they might all get into the final eight. And everyone's saying it's a Gibbs or Hendrick year, but these Penske guys, they're not out there dominating or winning, but they're showing that they have the consistency to get pretty far, but how far will consistency get you in the playoffs? That's what we're going to have to find out. Just the fact that Logano's only win this year is on dirt still blows my mind, but he's right there fourth in points, 20 points to the good. So we'll have to see. Considering it is a cutoff week, though, I'm going to make my prediction on the four that will be eliminated this week. And honestly, you can look at it the way it is right now. I don't see Bowman or Byron winning this weekend, even though Bowman is really good here. I just don't see it happening. Bell, he, I know he won the Daytona Road Course earlier this season, but I just don't see him winning this week. And Kevin Harvick just hasn't been good at all on the road courses this season. So even though the guy right above him, Kyle Busch, could have a horrible weekend... I just, I don't know, I, I just think Harvick's luck's going to run out, and even though he's been top 10 in the death this playoff run, which has been super impressive and surprising, I just don't see Harvick getting past this round. But he put up a hell of a fight this playoff run, I'll tell you that. Everybody loves a first-time winner, right? So, f*** it. Let's have three in one weekend. Bubba Wallace gets the cup win. We got Brandon Brown. Awesome to see him get an Xfinity win. And Tate f***ing Fogelman gets the Demo Derby 500 win in the truck series. It was a interesting weekend to say the least, but it's pretty cool to see guys get the first win, even if they're being interviewed at the care center. Um, the truck series, oh God, Fogelman only had to pass one car at the finish because that was all that was left. 
Um, and he still couldn't do it cleanly, but John Hunter Nemechek coming to the finish. Gets turned by Fogelman, but who knows? It's super speedway racing. Nemechek wasn't even pissed about it just because he knows that's what comes with racing there. Two major wrecks. Jennifer Joe Cobb is still looking for the brake pedal. The final four currently with two races left in the season are John Hunter Nemechek, Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, and Sheldon Creed. They've got a couple weeks off until the round finale at Martinsville. So that's going to be a dogfight to see who makes it to Phoenix. The Xfinity race was later that day, which will play a role in who wins this race and why they win this race because of the scheduling involved there. But uh, Noah Gregson, while leading, gets hooked hard into the wall, gets drilled by multiple cars that are trying to slow down to avoid him. That was a racing deal, especially at Super Speedways, but I got to say, Brett Moffitt, he is a wild man on these Xfinity races, so whenever he's near anything, something usually happens, and that's kind of what happened a couple times this weekend, so just throwing that out there. There were multiple red flags. They had to fix the wall at one point, and newsflash, it's getting too dark because this track doesn't have any lights. So Brandon Brown gets the win because of darkness. They weren't going to be able to restart it in enough daylight to have anyone see, which you wouldn't be able to tell the difference the way they race at these tracks with the amount of carnage that is normal for these races. But Brandon Brown, it was cool to see him win. I got to say, not to get too deep here, but I lost my dad when I was a kid. So when I saw him get out of the car and screaming, we did it, dad, we did it, that was, that was awesome. Um, him screaming was a lot better than what the crowd was screaming, but we'll get on that topic a little later. The Xfinity Series has one race left in this round, and the current four that are out are Jeb Burton, Myatt Snyder, Riley Herbst, and Jeremy Clements. So if you follow me on Twitter, which you should be, come on, BobDare18, I decided to put up a poll today and let you guys get in on the action of deciding who gets this week's penalty report. Who should be called to the NASCAR hauler this week? I had a lot to choose from. There's a line out the damn hauler in my head. But the four choices I gave y'all to choose from are Jennifer Joe Cobb for week number two in a row of a truck series driver, Arca, breaking into a big wreck. Um, NASCAR scheduling two races in one day at a track with no lights, with rain in the forecast, knowing that there's going to be red flags and needing to fix the walls or the catch fences, most likely in this race. Option number three was Talladega's chanting race fans who were screaming, F*** Joe Biden, F*** Joe Biden, while poor Brandon Brown's out there celebrating his first career win, which I'm just going to get into that right now. Talladega fans, these are the same fans that flew a Confederate flag over the track once NASCAR banned it. They had an 18-wheeler out in front of the track covered in Confederate flags going down the highway. These are the same fans that chucked full beer cans at Jeff Gordon or whoever was in front of Dale Jr. whenever Dale Jr. didn't win a race. It's just, I, I'm sorry, but they're just, they just scream selfish. They just scream, I don't care about anyone else but my beliefs and my opinions. And this poor Brandon Brown is out there getting his first win, trying to celebrate, all pumped up. And this is the time you guys got to choose to shove your political beliefs down everyone's throat. I get it, like, they see a microphone, so they gotta, this is our chance, but it's just, I don't know, I just find that extremely pointless and rude and embarrassing and just selfish on their parts, so that's why I threw them in as an option. And for the record, I'll just throw this out there now, I'm the least political person you'll ever meet. I don't follow politics, I don't watch the news, I don't care, I don't stand on either side of the fence, I just don't like when people make other people's moments 
into their moments when it has nothing to do with them and it's just not the time for it it's it's just everything about that really pissed me off and if nascar and nbc and fox are trying to figure out a way to more so mute the crowd noises when they're interviewing the driver on the front stretch after the race go to victory lane that's the circle that the winner goes to I'm all for seeing the driver go down the front stretch and getting the flag or doing a bow and playing to the fans. But then they go to victory lane and then we'll talk to them and then we'll see what we saw for years, the hat dance and all that stuff. I I don't know. I, I don't understand why they're trying to figure out a solution when the solution is two years back. Go watch the tapes. I get FOMO when I see the drivers getting out of the car and getting covered in Gatorade and beer and all that stuff, knowing that the the TV camera crews and the TV reporters aren't in there. I just, I feel like there's a party going on that us people at home aren't invited to anymore when we used to. I don't know. I just, I, I read today that they're trying to figure out a way to fix this, but it's like the problem was caused by the people trying to find the solution. Anyway, option four was Talladega, the track, the track president. Whoever is deciding that they don't want or they don't need or they can't afford to have lights. I even heard that a lot of it was in part to the fact that Talladega is known for its nightlife. So you're going to allow your races to be shortened due to darkness just so you can have people partying more in the infield? What, what the how, how does that correlate to anything? I, I just don't understand that. But just the fact that there's no lights at every Cup Series track, let alone Talladega, the track in the playoff that gets the most hype, and has the wildest finishes, and you're just going to say, well, if it gets to a certain point in the day, you're not going to get a finish because we don't want lights. I, I just find that incomprehensible. So as you can see, I have strong beliefs and opinions on all four options, but congratulations, Jennifer Joe Cobb. Twitter has spoken. You have won this week's trip to the NASCAR hauler, which honestly... I don't know why she wasn't called the NASCAR hauler. I understand she is an underfunded truck and her brakes might not work very well. I know it's tailgate and they don't need brakes all that well, but still, you came barreling through there like a bat out of hell and were aiming for people. And poor Parker Kligerman was just the one that was sitting there whose day you totally ruined. So NASCAR should have definitely had a talk with you. So if they won't, I guess we'll call you to the hauler ourselves. Ugh, I feel like I've been yelling a lot on this episode, but that's good. Compared to last week at Las Vegas, where I was still asleep when I recorded it, it's good that this week gave us some topics to discuss and vent about and just be happy about. And it's also good when a NASCAR driver is on the main page of every McDonald's social account and probably all over ESPN and all these other sites. So I wish more drivers got more recognition for winning, not just a certain one. But I get it, and it's a historical day, and it's a historical win. It really is. So no matter how it went down or how he won it, he won it. He's got the trophy. He's got the check, and now he's on ESPN, and he's all over the place, and he's got a win. So sure, he would have loved to have got it before the playoffs to be in the playoffs, but still, a win in the first year of 23-11, that's pretty awesome. But I'm already looking forward to and anxious for this weekend's race at the Roval. I mean, last year's race was pretty tame, but the first two years there sure weren't. I, I know I made a prediction of who I think is going to be knocked out this week, but you really never know. Kyle Larson could miss the round of eight this week. We could be talking about that next week. You just, we'll, we'll all have to find out together. So before I go, I just wanted to kind of go back to what I was talking about earlier with the whole politics and freedom of speech. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I didn't believe in freedom of speech. That's, that's what this is about. That's the whole point of this is my freedom to be able to just voice my opinion. I'm all for that. I have no problem with that. So 
I just think that there's smarter ways to go about it and less selfish ways to go about it. But that's just one man's opinion. So anyway, have a great night, have a great week, and I'll see you next time on Actions Detrimental.